0: So, time for a song. What do you get when you sack a
1: pawn? Several hours of grim defending, then at last you lose the ending. I'll never sack a pawn again.
2: Hi,
3: this is Vishwanathan Anand, and you're listening to the full English breakfast with Lawrence Strength
4: and Stephen Gordon. Grandmaster Nigel Short who put everyone in a good mood at the London Chess Classic even when he was in less of one. This is Macaulay. For those of you keeping score at home, this is episode 6 of the Fall English Breakfast and I'm feeling good to be able to welcome International Master Lawrence Trent and Grandmaster Stephen Gordon. How do How's it going?
0: If he's going to get remembered from that tournament for that song, I don't think he's going to be too impressed.
1: Nigel, uh, well, he sounded good there. I mean, you know, they've got a bit of a tradition. You know, let's just hope next time he can actually get his guitar out, which he's supposed to be good at as well, too.
4: Well, this was uh, originally to be our London Chess Classic special. Uh, but now we're uh, into the new year, so uh, we're going to still talk about that and some other current events uh, going on or just completed. But uh, first up, London Chess Classic, Magnus Carlsen, back to number one after his win there. I,
1: I mean, we we were both there. Um, for all of you guys that followed, either on the internet or on various servers, or even if you came to the event, myself and Stephen had the honor of commentating on uh, a lot of games there. Again, two out of two now for him in London. Obviously, it's a great result. Not his most convincing win ever, arguably. He was doing quite badly in a few games. He lost a few games as well, which isn't really like him. But, you know, he showed his tenacity once more and um, the scoring system really helped him out because it was three points for a win. So uh, so he came top of the tree and, um, well... Winning was was vital in that tournament, and he managed to do it. So he's now jumped back to number one, Steve. And uh, many would argue, rightly so. I, I don't know what you think about the tournament. No, oh, I mean, I
0: really enjoy being down there. You know, to get to commentate on these games and even talk to the players afterwards. It's it's an awesome experience. But yeah, I mean, Magnus is just impressive, and even when it's going badly, it seems to go all right for him. Like I'm sure he didn't. He wasn't too impressed with one or two of his games there, but. He still pulls through, doesn't he? And uh, he just does the business to win the tournament. I was really shocked at how easy the finish was. I mean, especially the last game, you know, you said it as well at the time. Goodness. It was effortless, yeah. just effortless. And he just, uh, he's just a fantastic talent.
4: Well, here's what he had to say after that round seven win that uh, clinched victory in the tournament. Uh, back on December the fifteenth. Uh,
1: how, how are you feeling about that, Magnus? Is it good to be back on top?
4: Yeah, uh, really. Uh, this tournament was the first in an, in quite a long time that in which I wasn't ranked number one. So <laughs> anyway, it's it's nice to to be back on on the top. Although this yeah might might change easily because I don't think Vichy is more than yeah for four points behind or
2: something. Like that.
4: I love how excited he was. You know, he, he just couldn't contain his enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he's, he's, he,
1: he's almost exploding at the seams, isn't he? Now, he I
0: mean, could you imagine what Lawrence would be like if he just got to world number one?
4: Actually, I was partly serious. That really was Magnus being pretty excited there. I know. <laughs> I, you know, I would really hate to take him out on,
1: well, on, on a night out with me and Steve, Um, and show him what real excitement is. I I, I think you'd probably implode and that would be it. We'd have no world number one. We would uh, we would have lost a really good chess player. Norway would be fuming with us. Did- but
4: I mean, not being number one, you know, was was definitely weighing on him, especially as it came at the same time that he decided to drop out of the candidate cycle. Mm. So you know, I mean,
0: how how big a thing is this? To be number one is this just crucial for Magnus at the moment to keep that number one spot?
4: Well, it's on a lot of billboards all over the world. <laughs> the world's yeah. number one chess player. Right, it's yes. not good
1: for the old branding, is it? You don't really want to put world number two chess player on there, do you? It's got to. Be- (laughs) his contract might fall through and he might not get those nice pair of jeans that he's promised next year so you know of course it's important for him um he he hasn't got the biggest ego in chess i don't think he's really comparable to gary is he but uh one of the reasons why and you can correct me if i'm wrong here mccauley or steve the reason why he's pulled out is because of his status as world number one and it's it's quite related to that that he's in many ways proven over a, a long period of time that he's the most consistent player. So, of course, it's important. But let's not underestimate Vichy. I mean, hes they're all playing in a tournament very soon, aren't they? So that could change very, very quickly.
4: Well, ostensibly, the reason why he's pulled out has more to do with the organization of the World Championship Cycle and the candidates' matches by FIDE. Uh, And, in fact, uh, at the beginning of the London Chess Classic, uh, at the opening press conference, I asked him if he had received his contract... Uh, because, presumably, up until the moment that he doesn't sign his contract, he could still change his mind. But, uh, interestingly, I want to play you that clip, too, because here's what he said on that subject at the time. Well, all I can can say is that my correspondence with Fida has been, well, limited to say say at least. I
0: suppose... The point we're trying to uh, uh, understand is that the world's governing body haven't tried to convince you. I mean, it's. Is it <laughs> I suppose that's the point, you know. They haven't come knocking on your door, or, um, um,
4: no, not, no,
0: no, no. Okay, so just sign it. But they did send you a contract, uh, I assume, did they, or or not? Yeah. Not as far as you know. Oh well. Okay. Um, no, good. certainly not. Oh, okay, that's interesting.
4: The contract, uh, funnily enough. Uh, miraculously appeared at his hotel in London just days after that press conference, uh, really quite promptly. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Amazing, isn't it, really? Yeah. Somebody down in the in the FIDE office was paying attention. But the deadline uh, in December came and went. He did not sign the contract. Uh, all of the other players, including his replacement, Alexander Grishuk, uh, did sign. So the field is set. Um, and we even just learned this week that uh, Timur Rajabov uh, will not uh, try to make waves to get an automatic pass into the second round uh, by virtue of Carlson being disqualified, but will in fact play the replacement Grishuk. That's
0: good to hear. There's no problems with the change over there.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's good for the tournament, uh, you know, it wouldn't reflect very well on Fide's organisational capacity, would it, if uh, if in the first round of the, of the, the cycle, Rajabov didn't actually have a game, he just went through, it would sort of defeat I the mean, purpose.
0: It, they've definitely made the best of a bad situation as well, and they've got in, who's, I think he's ranked 7 in the world. Class
1: month. player, absolutely class yeah. player.
0: I mean, obviously it's a, it's a big shame that Magnus isn't going to play, but... I mean, we all saw it coming. I guess it's uh, it's been a topic for a few months, and yeah, he's he's not going to back down from what he really believes in.
4: At this event in uh, Amsterdam where Anand gave a simul and a lecture uh, just after the London chess classic, he was asked by one of the audience members whether he agreed with Magnus at all that the current uh, candidates match and the world championship cycle was unfair. And here was his response.
3: Mm, Not for me. Uh, (laughs) So, (laughs) well, the point, uh, no, but this is a topic that's come up a lot. Uh, but it's, it, it's also come up in, uh, in the 90s and in the 80s and so on. Periodically, it flares up. But whenever we experiment with other, other formats, well, you never get sort of a consensus one way or the other. The fairest thing is, of course, something like the knockout. Fairest in the sense everybody starts from the same point and that sort of thing. Um, if you have matches, then you have to decide what's the cutoff point. So you're going to go with 8, 16, 32... And there's always going to be one guy who was left out who finds it unfair. I think you'll never find a perfect system in every sense. Uh, so it's more a question of what the chess world wants. Um, I mean, we've recently we've actually experimented with just about every format. And uh, I never found a format people are completely happy with. So. Well, I
0: think he, he hit the nail on the head where he says it's not going to be, there's no perfect system. What does the chess world want? I mean, it'd be interesting to get some feedback from the listeners on that because... You know, it's it's such, a, it's such a big topic at the moment. How do we get Carlson interested in playing a World Championship cycle? And how do you keep everyone happy?
1: Maybe I've lived Tyler as you know, first prize as well, on on top of the couple of million that he'd win anyway. Maybe that would swing it. <laughs> Maybe that would swing it for him. Um, on, on a slightly more serious note, I think, um, I think we all would love to see him play, but we, we discussed this quite a bit last time. Um, so for you guys out there uh, listening, have a look at the previous episode because we talked about various formats and possible solutions. Nobody will come to a consensus, as Vichy said. You can't appease everybody. You know, I just think it's time that uh, we've had so much controversy over the past 20, 30 years with starting with Kasparov and Short and breakoffs, and uh, it would just be a m- fantastic to finally have a consolidated and uh, reliable structure in place because at the end of the day, to not have the world number one ranked player play for the world championship is a shame more than anything. Never mind what he thinks or anybody else thinks. It is a shame for the average chess fan and follower not to have him playing. So if we can rectify that, a lot you know, falls on the shoulders of FIDE. Obviously, they've got a huge part to play in this. I don't quite know how we're going to resolve the problem. There must be a way. There must be a way.
4: Well, uh, sticking with the London Chess Classic for just another couple of minutes, uh, what were some of the highlights uh, looking back on the tournament? As two of the uh, commentators, you had a front row seat to almost every single one of the games. Mm. Well,
1: in terms of the best organized super tournament, it must be one of the top ones. Uh, Malcolm did an absolutely fantastic job, and yourself, Macaulay, for setting up all of the interactive elements, which I think has been lacking from a lot of tournaments. Uh, so here we had all of the internet coverage. Uh, we had the players come in and analyse their games, which was fantastic, and it looked brilliant on the internet all the videos are up there too now so we can all see that and uh, you know it it, i think this is certainly setting the bar for future tournaments of this level
0: i mean it's just awesome isn't it i mean if i can't be playing at the moment the next best thing is to be commentating for for these top guys and yeah i just really enjoy that you know if we can see the same sort of interactive coverage at some other top tournaments then it might just become the norm and that'd be brilliant
4: well, you can still see all of the live coverage on demand on the videos page at londonchessclassic.com, including all of the shows, all of the segments uh, with uh, Trent and Gordon. Uh, any of the games or interviews that stand out, if someone wants to go back and review, what's a out in your mind that they can go back and look at the on-demand videos? For well, entertainment, the- you want to yes. watch
0: Nigel, don't you? I mean, he's yeah, just, I mean- every day, even if he's lost a game, he comes in and he, he does make it entertaining. Um I liked his. I liked the the game that he had against Luke. Hmm. You know, there was a bit of there was a bit of back and forth in that. There was a bit of banter. It looked like Nigel was in a really promising position, and then you know, one one wrong move in such a sharp position, and it went downhill quickly. And some of the things that Luke had seen that Nigel saw as well, but he saw him just a move too late, were just fantastic. Yeah. So I mean, that was a standout game for me.
1: That's up there, isn't it? With with the best games of the tournament. I mean. Uh, one thing that really impressed me about Luke is he was seeing so much um, and that's why he did so well and it looks like he's really finding form at the moment and if Luke carries on going up it, it might be the case that he becomes number two in the country but um, I think uh, even the Carlson short game on on some level for me is just astounding I mean How? that's
0: a great that's a great uh, game to show pupils you know if you've got, yeah. you got students um, just the the simplicity of it, how to, how to put your pieces on good squares and then just turn the screws, I think it's like an excellent illustration of how top players make things look so easy. I mean, could you imagine beating Nigel like that, Lawrence? There's just, there's just absolutely no way that
1: I'd be able to keep that much control for so long. But Magnus um, just made it look simple. No, I mean, that, that's, the, that's the thing about Magnus. I mean, it, this isn't the first time he's, he's done this. He, he did it last year against Kramnik. In the first game, he just played really sensibly, really modestly, and just creamed him. Well, the shocking thing is that
0: in, in some of Magnus's games, it just looks as though he doesn't give his opponent a chance to do anything. Just get yeah. any play going. I mean, whenever I beat a player that, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to on paper, I have to give them some kind of counterplay at some point. Mm. But Magnus just seems to, he just seems to stroll through, like it's not even a problem. Yeah,
1: Aronian's quite like that as well on some level. I think when I see Aronian's games, he can, yeah. he can, he can play a bit like this too. Um, well, what can you say? There is, that's the reason why he's world number one. It's mm-hmm. as
4: simple as that. Some current events. Uh, we just had the end of the annual Reggio Emilia tournament in Italy. Which was won by Vugar Gashimov on tiebreak over Paco Vallejo Pons, uh, both with six out of nine points. Excellent Spanish, muchas gracias. Oh, wow. So, uh, what do you guys think of the tournament? First, I should clarify that the uh, the tiebreak system was uh, Sonnenbaum-Burger, which adds up the scores of every opponent the player beats and then half the scores of every opponent the player draws. And on that basis, Gashimov edged out Vallejo Pons, who had been leading uh, most of the event. Yeah,
1: he he did well, didn't he, Francisco? And, uh, you know, he is up there with one of the most original players in the world, actually. And um, let's face it, he's a bloody good player as well. I mean, the guy put in a 2,800 performance, was leading most of the way, uh, crucified some people, I think, his game against Onishchuk. I think that's the one that stands out. I think it was in the eighth round where he had this beautiful little um, queen sacrifice. I say sacrifice, it wasn't really a sacrifice because it was leading to checkmate, but it was a, a beautiful little combination. And I think he th- thoroughly deserved at least to come equal first. And, uh, well, Gashimov, Steve, I mean, he's, he's been in the news recently. He obviously had a lot of problems with the Azerbaijani national team and all, all of this. Controversy last year before the Olympiad and so on, and he's come out and he'll be absolutely over the moon to have won a tournament like this and really show uh, the Azerbaijani Federation what they were really missing out on. Yeah, I
0: mean, uh, we've been speaking of how Carlson, maybe a and make things look effortless. Well, this is another guy for me. I'm really keen to see, you know, what he's playing in his openings and stuff, and just see how he's going on because, yeah, he he, he makes chess look easy. And it's Absolutely. a big lineup as well. I mean, you've got massive names yeah, exactly. in, like, Ivanchuk, Morozevich. I mean, I guess we've got to talk a little bit about Morozevich, who has been quiet recently. But I noticed on the top 100 list, he's down in the 30s somewhere, which was shocking.
4: Well, Morozevich has, has been inactive for uh, quite some time, yeah, and not too long ago. What, two years ago or something? He was uh, high up there in the top 10. It's 39th at the moment, yeah, 39th.
0: I mean, it just goes to show how many quality players are out there. If Morazevic is sitting at 39.40, it's it's just ridiculous. Just the amount of top players now. It must be so difficult for some of these guys. They're hitting 26.80, but they're not getting a chance in top tournaments. It must be so difficult to get these invites. There's so much competition. You have to be 26.50 now to get in the top 100.
4: Well, Morozevich is going to drop below 2,700 for the first time in quite a while. Mm. After underperforming uh, rather significantly down in Italy, uh, in his last round game, uh, Vasily Ivanchuk actually mated him with a king, knight and bishop versus king, which you don't see that often.
1: Well, you don't see it on my board because I can't remember how to do it, so that's for sure. No, I mean, I actually do know how to do that. That's a lie. Um, so all of you players out there thinking... You're going to get into a king knight and bishop ending <laughs> with me and escape with a draw. You've got another thing coming. No, but, I mean, Morozevich is one of my favourite players. I'm going to put it out there. Not only because he, he plays things like one knight c 3 and beats Kramnik and, you know, does all of this other stuff, but he, he really is the epitome of the elite original chess player. And he's exciting to watch. And even though he's not the most consistent... Um, he's he's really important for the game, I think, and um, it's a shame he's gone. He's gone a bit down at the moment. I don't quite know what's going on. Poor Nigel, he got three and a half out of nine. Um, he, he actually won three games, but he lost a lot as well, um, which was which was a shame because he would have really been looking to bounce back from from London. And I just uh, think
0: like players like Morozevich and Nigel. I mean, they they sort of fall into the same category as players who really want to be. Creative, you know, they're not looking for move twenty-five novelty off Ripka. They're trying to, mm. they're trying to get their opponents into, um, you know, just just original positions from the start. And it's great for a tournament, even if you just have a couple of guys in there who are trying to play like that. Mm. Because Nigel had so many decisive games, didn't he? Was it just yeah. did he just have the one draw? One draw, yeah, yeah, one you, draw against onishchuk So I mean, you, you you need players like that in. I mean, it's not just about getting the rating average up to as high as you can. You just, If you get a Nigel Short in your tour, I mean, you know that things are going to happen. Interesting things are going to go on. So I think they've got the blend of players just right in Italy for that. Uh,
4: next up, uh, we have starting uh, the end of this coming week, the Tara Steel Tournament, formerly the Chorus Tournament. So I just
1: used to call it Vikenze. But, yeah, it's starting this week, isn't it? Good. That's, uh, this is another huge tournament, by the way. This is an absolutely monster tournament with monster players. Well, this I can't th-
0: remember when they got the world top four out for a tournament like this. They've got, they've got everyone. They've got Carlson and Aroni and Kramnik. Chris Shuk. I mean, the rating average must be massive. I mean, Nakamura's in there as well at 2750. We've got some young guys, Nepomniatichi.
4: Say it with me. Napomnyashi.
0: Napomnyashi.
4: Yeah. After the poem it just fades away after it's like it's like the hump day, you know, it's after Wednesday, you know, you're good to go. After the poem, just napomnyashi.
1: Your Russian's good as well, isn't it? See, you just had to show off, didn't you, with your Russian as well.
0: I might have got away with that as well, Macaulay but you've just show me up in front of all the listeners. You make him
1: sound uh, almost as sexy as his chess is. Um, but let's face it, the guy's 20-odd years old. He's 27-33. Where has he come from? He's 27-33. And the past year, I know he won the Russian tournament. Um, I know he won the European individual, if I remember correctly, as well. He's had a brilliant year. I remember actually playing in the same tournament with him when he was about 12 many years ago. Um, in the European Championships, I think he, he did really well in that too. So he's always been a talent and now he's really risen to the top like a well baked cake. I mean the guy's unreal.
0: It's a shame for someone like him that he's in the same generation as Carlson and Kayakin, because you know, it's twenty seven thirty three, just if Carlson and Kayakin weren't about, then we'd be we'd be saying massive things about this guy. Mm. It's just that I mean there's so many top young players now. I mean He's he's really sneaked up there, hasn't he? Twenty seven thirty three, and I know oh, it's Voshezek as well. And second is he sneaks up there as well? Twenty seven twenty six. There's there's loads of guys just sneaking the way up to the big ratings at the moment.
1: Well, it's getting younger, isn't it? I mean, even this uh, yeah. this Ukrainian kid. Now I'm not. I don't know how to pronounce his name. McCauley. I'm really going to have to have a bit of help. It begins with an N. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Nizhnik. Nijnuk, yeah, that sounds right. Um, I mean, this is a—he's a GM now, what is he? 13, 14 years old. I, I think we're going to be flabbergasted ten years down the line. Say so it's going to get even younger, isn't it? The average of this average—you know—the grandmaster. We're going to have grandmasters at eleven years old, twelve years old, very soon, thanks to the help of computers and well. You've having said to- that, I don't. Has anyone broken Yakin's
0: record? Twelve years and say six to nine months, something like that. Mm. That stood for quite a bit that record could stand for quite a while.
1: Going back to the actual tournament itself, let's hope that they they put on um, a really good show because there are so many people that can't wait to see this tournament, especially the A-group. I mean, when was the last time we had 3,2800-plus players playing in the same tournament?
4: That would be never. That's never, event. yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I just really like the blend of players they've got. And they've got Brilliant. the Dutch guys at the bottom who are going to be Lamy and Smeets you know they're going to be causing problems for one or two players
4: So we have 32800 players playing in the upcoming Tata tournament uh, at that Amsterdam simul Vishyanan was also asked if he would be able to get even with Magnus in Vikenze and here's what he said
3: I'm almost planning to get even with myself I mean it would be nice to, <laughs> to win a tournament finally Somehow, always second behind him, is getting a bit boring so sure but he's he's very good. What can I say? I think, uh, however, it's also uh, the, the tournament has incredible depth uh, next year. So um, I, I don't think it'll be easy for him or, or me or anyone else. Uh, simply, it's
1: it's going to be fascinating. Uh, one one thing I wanted to say: the most fascinating thing about this tournament, Leveronian, is Im- I, I can't wait to watch him play. I think he could sneak a win. I think he's that solid, and he can. Especially with the white pieces, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw him beat the the lower-rated guys in a really easy fashion. Nothing too dramatic, but just knocked up a few points early on against those guys. Held his ground against the big guys, maybe pulled off one result against an Alan Carlson, and suddenly he's won the tournament.
0: I mean, it's such an open field, isn't it? I, I, I couldn't pick a winner. And like you say, if Lev could do the business, conceivably by the end of this tournament, he could be ranked number one in the world if it goes his way. So all the talk's been about Magnus keeping his number one spot. He's he's not only got Anand to worry about; he's got Aronian to worry about now.
1: And 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 one other thing, talking about ratings, Alexander Grischuk twenty seven seventy three or twenty seven seventy five no, now. It's a big rating, it's um, big rating, huge rating. The Russian
0: first team is ridiculous, isn't it? We've you got Kramnik who's always going to be hovering around twenty eight, and then Karyakins at twenty seven seventy something. Grischuk twenty seven seventy.
1: Nobody actually it. can make a, a good last board at twenty-seven thirty-three. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's not so bad, <laughs> is it? I think I, I think he'd be a useful board five, personally. Do you know what I mean? It, it's scary. It, I mean, it, it, it is scary. I I just uh, uh, I'm really looking. And, and let's 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 not forget. It's not just the A group. There is the B group and the C group as well, full of amazing players. Still, I mean, the B group has got four twenty-seven hundred players in it as well. We've got people like, uh, you mentioned before, Radek from, from Poland. V- v- uh, I can never
4: pronounce his last name. Wojciech. Wojciech. got rhyme, uh, Don't ask me Polish pronunciations, they're too hard.
0: Oh, right. Right. so you get on your high horse for Russian ones, but when it exactly. comes to a
1: Polish name, you're not going to correct me. Oh, well, Luke McShane's there as well. Let's hope he right. does well. We've
0: got to, We've got to give a mention to Anish Giri as well. It's going to be interesting to see if he can keep making this fairly swift progress into the top. What a player. And he, he just seems so intelligent, down to earth, just a nice guy. I really wish him well. I hope that he can keep making this big progress and maybe put a few big names away. Because, I mean, it's a great chance, Vic Anze, for the young guys coming through. They get they get yeah. a, a stab at the world top four. It's just brilliant. I hope, uh, I hope we see some upsets in another big game for Anand against Carlsen. I think Magnus will be the one looking to get a bit of revenge there. I'm sure that in this... In this one, if he could beat Anand and come second, he might take that over winning the tournament. What do you think, Lawrence?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Would he prefer to beat Anand and come second or win the tournament without beating Anand? Very, very interesting question. Um, well, I know I- that, say, say we were in a close tournament and it was me against you.
0: Mm. I'd definitely trade a win against you and come second. I'd rather do that than lose yeah. against you and come first.
1: That's because you hate me.
4: (laughs) All right, well... Let's uh, move on. It's time for the Zeitnot. I want to touch on a few bits from our last show. First, just a quick mention that international master Sam Shanklin uh, just last week scored his third GM norm uh, out in California at the Berkeley International. I know, Stephen, you were wondering why he wasn't a GM already. Well, he soon will be.
0: Well, it's about time, and I'm sure he'll, he'll say the same thing. You know, he's, he's been a quality player over 2,500 for a while. Really impressive at that US Junior Championship. Might be being considered for that US team in the next year or two. If he keeps on going the right way.
4: And another note from our last show, this uh, strange case out of New York where a bunch of, of street players were playing in a park uh, and uh, charged and given a criminal summons. Uh, the actual charge was for uh, being unaccompanied by any children in this park in contravention of a posted sign. Uh, but uh, a couple of the players decided to fight it all the way to a trial if need be, and uh, that case was finally resolved, as I uh, wrote about on Chess Vibes uh, last week, uh, where the two uh, who uh, continued to to fight had all charges dismissed. Uh, the summons turned out to be, uh, quote-unquote, defective uh, because it was citing uh, the wrong part of a, a Parks Department regulations. But the, the actual case... It didn't really resolve the, the general matter of what happens if you have these chess tables inside a, a kiddie park, inside a cordoned-off zone that's supposed to be just for parents and children. And so we could see this coming up again.
0: It's just laughable, isn't it, The the extent that it's gone to? The waste of
1: money on trials, taxpayer. I mean, it's all a load of nonsense. It's just a few guys who want to play chess in a park. I'm glad that they, the, the two guys who went in for it have, have got the results. So let, let's hope that no more time is wasted in the future by this utter nonsense. It was an absurd... I've,
0: I've seen a little bit of the article here, and it says, um, three men accepted a deal under which the charges will be dismissed if they stay out of trouble for six months. Mm. As if they've been in they trouble should, in the first
4: place. They probably yeah. shouldn't play the Czech Benoni, then, should they? I suppose well,
0: that's
1: you know.
4: Well, that's why the, the last two decided to fight it so that the charges would be dismissed without any exceptions. And I was at the courthouse. Oh wow! And uh, spoke to one of the defendants, uh, Yakahuda Harrison, or Yah for short, uh, in New York uh, on Tuesday the
2: fourth. You never know what your opponent knows, but you have to figure it out on the board. And that is life. Making the right call, and being prepared for the response to it, and how are you going to react to it? So it's an art because both of you should be trying to figure out the puzzle itself and seeing what is the possibilities. How far can this go? Each line, main line, leads to another destiny.
4: So did you think this case was, uh, you know, kind of like a Muzio Gambit or more like? That's my favorite. The
2: Muzio Gambit is based on a theory that white is making an unsound sacrifice of the night. But what's really happening is that black is not developing, and he's working himself into a position where he has no way out. And the beginning appears that white is lost, and it's not that at all. And that's what appeared in this case, this whole scenario. It appeared what uh, was said about us, that we were a bunch of thugs and criminals and decadent people and however, as you have witnessed what we like, it's not that case at all. And here, thank God, our prayers were answered that truth was revealed uh, and nothing negative or ugly went any further. Uh, things worked out wonderfully. As it does in the Muzio Gambit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I'm going to start taking up the King's Gambit, I think, after that. I'm inspired.
0: What, what is this? This Gambit that you're talking about? I'm sorry, I'm rubbish with all the names. You're a D4 now.
1: player, aren't you? Just That's give us sick. a few moves. Yeah, You've never, never even play. tried E4 in a Blitz game, have you? You make me sick. <laughs> the Muzio, where he sacks the knight on F3, on yeah, like,
0: Yeah, he basically just sense.
1: throws a bishop out
0: onto oh, C4. Right. Okay, so what we got? E4, E5, yeah, F4, F4 takes knight f3 g5. g5 bishop c4 g4
1: and then you probably castle
0: ah, okay uh, right. go on Lawrence. sorry
1: well no i mean i really like the sound of the guy i mean uh he stood by his principles they won the case and and rightly so Let, let's hope this is all no no more and thrown in the bin
4: okay and finally it's time to give away that kramnik signed polo shirt as promised on the last episode, and I'm going to need your help with this. Uh, I have here in front of me uh, a chessboard set up. Actually, it's the same board used by Carlson and Nakamura in their 40-game blitz match in Moscow that I wrote about for Chess Life Online back in December. We're going to have this video up on the Facebook page. There's uh, our uh, Kramnik polo shirt here in the background, signed by uh, Vladimir Kramnik from Bilbao. We see we have D4 played on the board, but under all of the other pawns, I have randomly placed slips of paper with the initials of our generous contributors. And so now I'm going to need your help to give that polo shirt away. Here we go. Lawrence, why don't you give me a file? And Stephen, let me know if we're looking for white or black. All right,
1: well, I'll go for my, my favorite file, E-file. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I have to choose a pawn now, don't I? Go on, I'm going to go with a black pawn. Okay, so E7? E7, it looks like that's what we've come up with.
4: E7, and I'm lifting off the pawn. The initials are LN, which will be our winner of the polo shirt, Lauren Nagel. Wow. Brilliant. Good stuff. Well done, Lauren. Nice work. (laughs) Congratulations, Lauren and we'll get that polo shirt off to you as soon as possible thanks to all of the listeners who contributed via the donate button on the Full English Breakfast homepage, www.bfeb.com. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great, guys.
0: Thank you very much for you know everyone who's uh, taken part in this little competition. Hopefully, we'll have a few more of them in the
1: future as well. Yeah. All of you guys who supported us, thank you very much. And uh, thank you as well, Macaulay, for uh, for setting up this. And
4: let's hope we get a few more decent competitions going over the next uh, few months in this year. So we'll have that video and some other goodies on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash theFEB. And until next time, what are you guys up to in January? We're playing. say <sighs> next have... weekend. Funny. Yeah,
0: yeah. Call it playing. I mean, it's just going to be batting the rust off and, you know, seeing we still remember how the pieces move a little bit. I'm always nervous about playing at the minute, Lawrence. I don't know about you, like... I, I feel like I need to get in some kind of rhythm, you know? Maybe play one or two tournaments.
1: I, I'd love to play a few tournaments um, and, and get back into it. I'm just really looking forward to playing, especially now that I'm not playing professionally, so I, I can really enjoy the games and uh, not feel too pressurised.
4: Well, I will be heading to Vikanze to the Tata Steel Tournament, which starts on Friday. Well, thanks again to and for our intro... And I'll talk to you guys from Vikings Absolutely. Take care.
0: Cheers, Macaulay.
1: Macaulay. Um, the Chess TV. Is there any way you can sort of give me the numbers of any of those sisters? <laughs>